Welcome back to the Village Bonfire for another episode of the Wild Sacred Journey podcast. A podcast not just for your mind, but for your body and spirit too. Here we don't just talk theory. Instead, we compassionately engage with our lived experiences and a wide variety of topics together, all to invite the question, in these times we find ourselves in, how do we be more human? Thank you for being here. May these conversations awaken, inspire, repair, and evolve something deep within each of us and serve the wild, tender aliveness of our personal and collective hearts. Welcome back to another episode of the Wild Sacred Journey podcast. So as always, we begin with lighting our village candle, or lighting the candle that stands in place of the village fire. And taking a few deep breaths in and out. Just letting ourselves land and arrive. If as you're listening to this, you can call any threads of your awareness back from people, places, or things that are not right here and right now, perhaps you do so. And give yourself the gift of just being whole and present. And with us. I was just reading something the other day that was speaking about the difference between daylight and the firelight, you know, and, and that like daylight, it's like our mind goes so many different places. And yet when we're in front of a candle or in front of a fire kind of in the darkness, it's like, there's this sense of like, oh, there's nothing else, but just right here, right now with the story, with whatever's present. Yeah, it does. It feels like there are so many things in our world sort of calling for our attention, tugging us here, tugging us there. And it's like, yeah, some days the biggest and best thing we can do is just be like, nope, I'm right here. (laughs) And this is enough. And so from this place of enoughness, And there we can really, truly offer up thanks. So we say thank you to the land that's holding us and nourishing us, to the plants and animals, all the beyond human kin that surround us to this wider ecological web of which we are but one part, one moment in time. And we say thank you. Maybe even say I love you. (laughs) And so, yeah, with that, we arrive for our conversation, today's conversation. So I have today as a guest, Claudia Olivos. And so I first encountered Claudia back in, um, 
it was through her sacred mothers and goddesses oracle deck back in I think probably 2019 maybe late 2018 I don't remember exactly Mm -hmm. but uh yeah she had done a kickstarter and had self-printed her first oracle deck now it's actually got a whole publisher and printer and anyway but I managed to I got I got in the door and got one of those original decks and it's a really powerful beautiful both are really powerful beautiful decks and so I yeah became a big fan of of her work and just um yeah the the energies that she channels as she creates her art and her jewelry and her ritual tools and um and sort of all the different consciousnesses that she's tapped into and her way of accessing them so um yeah and so I you know have had my own beautiful journey with through some of what she's brought through. And so, yeah, I was really excited to, to ask her if she'd be willing to come on and she said yes. And so, yeah, I'm thrilled to have her here today and uh, yeah. So I'll read you her bio. So, oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that introduction. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, Claudia's bio. So Claudia is an artist, mystic and curandera. Her creative practice weaves art with myth, nature, the cosmos, intuition, and the magic of spirit and a love to serve the collective. She works in oils, watercolor, sculpture, and clay. And her creative practice, Sacred Mothers and Goddesses Oracle, is a collection of deities from around the world created through intuitive channeled energies of the divine feminine. She has exhibited her art in art galleries, theaters, international art fairs, museums, schools, and universities, both nationally and internationally. And her art and oracle decks coveted, are co- coveted and collected worldwide. She's the recipient of numerous recognitions and awards, including most recently the Carta Award for the Best Tarot and Oracle Deck Guidebook 2023. So, I was, yeah, very cool. Congratulations. <laughs> and her work has been featured on the cover of numerous novels, anthologies, journals, magazines, and books. She holds a BFA and a BA in psychology from George Mason University and an MFA from Vermont College of the Arts. Uh, the founder of the International Visions Gallery in Washington, D.C., and former art professor, Claudia now spends her time working full-time on her art, living in both her native Patrias, Washington, D.C., and Santiago, Chile. And she is currently working on the second Sacred Mothers and Goddesses Oracle deck. I'm super excited for that. <laughs> and a few other projects to include journals, workbooks, and a Dia de los Muertos and Halloween children's book due to come out in 2024-25. So, yeah. So welcome, Claudia. Thank you you so much. (laughs) I am so glad to be here. Yeah. So I like to start each episode with kind of inviting you beyond sort of your, yeah, vast um, expertise and skills and kind of that professional bio. What's something you'd like people to know about you or what kind of just feels like it's coming through today that, yeah, that you want to share about kind of the forces that shaped you or sort of who you are and sort of the social fabric of things. So whether that's lineages or whether that's um, role, you kind of your role in your community or um, yeah, whatever that might be. Okay. Um, I, I can share some of my, my lineage. I was, uh, I was born, as you said, in, uh, in Washington, D.C. I have two patrias, two mm-hmm. countries of origin. So born in Washington, D.C., my father was a diplomat, and so he traveled. Mm. And uh, But both my parents were Chilean, so I was raised in Chile. My father then lived in Mexico for quite a bit, 
And uh, so I spent a lot of time and all my childhood vacationing in Mexico also. So I took Mm. in a lot of that culture and my father Mm. had a great love for Mexico, um, Dia de los Muertos and Mm -hmm. and all that. And, um, And then we moved back to the U.S., where my mom and my stepdad became evangelicals. Mm. And that also had a lot to do with, you know, the shaping of me and my Mm. spirituality, right? Mm. And so I come from a background of having been, you know, Latina Catholic in Mm -hmm. in Chile being a very uh, progressive country. It's a very Mm. small country. Um, it's very different than the rest of South America and Central America. Um, and so the religion is not as strong. We have a lot more, um, a lot more closeness to the earth, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and so I was raised, I was raised with a little bit more of that, but then here in the U S the whole evangelical thing brought in a lot of angels and demons and, different kinds of energies uh to work with um and uh so that those things kind of shape me in in my working now you know as as uh as a shamanic witchy priestess Mm -hmm. right and so i work a lot with herbs Mm -hmm. i work a lot with uh, mother earth and um and due to this uh, evangelical thing that my mother and my stepdad went into, um, that was something that was very hurtful mm. to me as a, as a young preteen and teenager. Um, it led to a lot of pain into my adulthood. It caused me to get married at 17. Mm. And, um, and then getting out of that it was uh was how like this the the oracle deck came to be mm-hmm. and it was actually because um like i said i had been brought up catholic but not catholic so strong as in some other countries but still like mother mary mm-hmm. it you know and you'd see a lot of images of brazil you know you have the big jesus on top mm-hmm. of the mountain in brazil mm-hmm. so in chile we have uh, we have the Andes, which are, you know, largest, mm-hmm. you know, but, mm-hmm. but there is a, a smaller hill, not as big as the mountain in Brazil, but we have Mother Mary. That's who mm-hmm. we have on top of our mountain, mm-hmm. you know, so Mary is really important to us. And, um, and when I moved here and they became evangelicals, Mother Mary was demonized because they see her as idolatry right Mm -hmm. and I was made to to get rid of all of that of my little sculptures and all my the things you know not that I had been an avid Catholic Mm because like I said it's not it's not so much like that but still there is there is still like a a much more of a devotion there than for example here in the Mm -hmm. U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, from what I've observed just my Mm -hmm. experience Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, so then I went through the evangelical thing with the, I was very interested though, in like the whole demon thing, mm-hmm. you know, and the whole spirit <laughs> thing. I think 
uh, you know, there's still, there's power in all of that, you know, mm-hmm. there is power. I experienced yeah. really powerful things within the evangelical church, even though it, there was like lots of things that were so hurtful. It's kind of like how I became to know my power, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and then, um, and then in coming out of that, all the retaliation from my mother for not listening to her, um, them forcing me to get married when I was young, et cetera. Um, I started trying, you know, still always attracted to the spiritual. Um, since I was a little girl, I wanted to be a nun, even when I was little. I just wanted mm-hmm. to, I wanted to love everybody, all mm-hmm. the animals and all the people. And I thought that's what nuns did, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so I, so fast forward where, um, you know, I'm realizing that I need to leave the church. It doesn't, it's not my thing, the evangelical church. And, uh, and I started working on an angel's course. I was doing a lot of work with healing from the mother wound, right? Which a lot of us women have. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I joined some courses, a lot of them, which had like art journaling and that type of thing. And so I was invited to, you know, to do art journaling with several women. And we did a, an angel's course here in our studio. This woman came down from New York. I'm in Washington, D.C. And I, they were like eight women that flew from different parts of the country. And, and we were here for like a weekend and we worked with angels and it was magical. I mean, it was just it was crazy. And so after that, I went to Mexico and we continued with like an online part of this. And we were supposed to connect to an angel that when we had been here in the studio, it was incredible. You know, we all saw things that coincided, like all this magical mm-hmm. stuff happened mm-hmm. with angels, right? Just mm-hmm. with angels. And I'm, I'm in Mexico and we're supposed to still be working with this and calling forth an angel to work with us. And on a, all I keep getting is Mother Mary. Mm. I just keep, and I'm like, and I'm in Mexico. Of course, I'm seeing Mother Mary, you know, like I'm arguing with spirit. I'm like, come on. I'm seeing her everywhere because I'm in Mexico, mm-hmm. you know? And then I, uh, like one day I woke up and there was a white rose floating in on the pool where mm-hmm. I was staying. And there were no white roses. I was staying like in in a tropical area. And, you know, that's one of Mother Mary's flowers. And um, and then I was, we were driving, it was New Year's, and uh, they burn effigies in Mexico, like life-size effigies. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let's do it. And uh, <laughs> so we were driving, looking at them. They're kind of like, it's, it's very, very different. And there was one person who had a, a little table with little things that they were selling, you know, and when you're out being a tourist, you look at stuff, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I went up to the table and I'm like, what do you have there? And she's like, oh, they're Mother Mary sculptures. And I was like, and I I was astounded because she kept showing up for me. So I just sat there for a few minutes, just like, and she saw me and she goes, here, take them. And I said, that's okay I'll pay for it she said no they're they have broken pieces take them all and she gave me 
something like eight. I have one. <laughs> I have mm. one right here. Eight little sculptures. I gave them all away except one that I have here. Um, you know, and it, and it was just undeniable that Mother Mary was calling me back, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I painted her. She was my first sacred mother goddess. And that was where my my healing journal journey began from, uh, you know, from from having had had her when I was little, you know, as uh, as somebody that I felt, you know, was an er energy around me. I felt angels around me when I was little also. Uh, but then all of that had been taken away. But even when that was taken away, I was introduced to another world that was, you know, very witchy really mm -hmm. the, the whole evangelical thing is super mm -hmm. freaking witchy yeah you know? <laughs> yeah and uh yeah. and so then from mother mary artemis came through you know and i really mm -hmm. didn't know much about oracle decks i was not really into goddesses when i started channeling the goddesses i didn't know who they were i had an intern who was in high school and she would she would remind me she would be like no that's you know whatever and and she knew who they were wow. because you know they were coming through i had instructions from spirit not to really research them yeah now it's changed now um they still come forth when they want to and they still kind of um show me the way they want to be painted but it's it's different now I just I know more you know when I started mm -hmm. painting mm -hmm. them the um it was just uh it was it had to be incredibly magical I think the spirit knew that because otherwise I might have gone like you know I was into like ETs and things you know uh -huh. <laughs> I didn't know anything about this you know because in being an evangelical that mythology was seen as evil mm. so even in college I had signed up for a mythology course and my mother I was in college said she would stop talking to me if I didn't drop it wow so yeah I was already a mom <laughs> and I was still listening you know um so so yeah that that has been my healing journey. And then, you know, interesting, you know, going back into farther into ancestors during COVID, one of my cousins, I knew I had Irish in me. Mm -hmm. So for my, my maternal grandmother, they're Irish. And of course I have Spanish and I'm, and of course I have like Native American from Chile, which is Mapuche, mm -hmm. which we all have that in Chile, a little bit of a Native American and a little bit of Spanish, you know, and then mm -hmm. it varies. Mm -hmm. A lot of us in Chile, by the way, do have Irish, which is why a lot of Chileans, we have freckles. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So if you see like someone with dark skin and dark hair and they have freckles, it's very possible that they're Chilean if they're Latino. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, during COVID, I found out that um, my, I have ancestors that were Sephardic Jews. Mm. Okay. So now, now, like my hair, it makes sense, you know, uh, my nose, <laughs> you know, who knew? Yeah. And they're all, and, and that side of the family, they're very straight Catholics to date and nobody has talked about it, but <laughs> you know, it was just, it was like someone sent the email, you know, it was like an email with like all of this documentation that my cousin found out and they're all doctors. So 
these are, you know, very intelligent, progressive people. But I think that, you know, that's like, they cannot, they just cannot. But um, so interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? And I've always thought like, I always thought like Sephardic Jew sounded kind of cool, you know, it Uh kind of, you know, I didn't quite know what it meant Uh to me. Like it was like, oh, that's cool. But I found out not only were they Sephardic Jews, which most of them came from like Arabic places, Mm -hmm. you know, and going into Spain, why there, mm-hmm. there's that's why there's that Alhambra, where there's a lot of Arabic mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. and um, but also I have the exact date where one of my ancestors was burned at the stake for being a, a mm. Jewish witch. Mm. Mm. So you know, and I have the exact date, I have her wow. name. Wow, you know, there were more of them that were burnt, um, and that were you know, um. They but and they converted to to being Christians, uh, but a few of them I guess refused to. And then there's this one that apparently had some they accused her of some witchy things. Um, hmm. And then and then they converted, which I, I an old friend a long time ago, a sculptor that I met that was a friend of my dad's. Um, he said, you know, you're Jewish, and I said, really. And he goes, yeah. And I didn't, my hair only gets like this with humid. Otherwise it's straight, <laughs> you know? And uh, and it just kind of became this really, it didn't used to be this curly. If you look at pictures, it's like, this is another weird thing that's happened to me. But I found out, and this is really interesting about Asherah, goddess Asherah that's back here, uh, that that when when the Jewish people had to leave and they had to change their names, they changed it to fruit trees. So my name is Olivos, which means mm. olive trees. Olive trees. Mm-hmm. And so mm. he said that, and he said you're Jewish, and he was right. This he told me that like, I don't know, five years ago, and you know, a mm. long time, much, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the thing with Asherah, who is the wife of God, right, mentioned in the Bible forty times. She is still, oh, I get chills. She, I might cry. <laughs> She's mm. still represented by fruit tree. See, I cry. Mm. To date. Mm. In the Jewish religion. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just beautiful how, you know, things, and there's so many things that are hidden. Like, we don't mm. know that about Asherah. You know, um, Asherah is represented by poles. Mm. And Moses held a pole. Mm. He was using the representation of the goddess when he was leading the people through. So I, I get very mm. emotional. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. All the stuff that's been hidden. And, uh, and the world, you know, has could be so different if we didn't hide all this beauty Mm. and how men have been supported by by women by the sacred feminine you know Mm. Moses being supported by the pole Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which represents Asherah because she was the fruit tree and they disappeared her Mm -hmm. and uh so they that's how they could represent her just by a pole yeah 
I mean, so many, there are a couple like threads that I feel like I'm hearing particularly coming through and sort of everything that you've just shared. And like, one is that like, yeah, like that power is power and like how we use it determines like whether, like what it's in service to, right? Like, (laughs) you know, sort of like, but then also this thread of like wisdom, it finds its way forward somehow. Oh yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, whether it's like in this coded symbolic language, you know, that then it's like you start putting these pieces together and suddenly this whole world of wisdom opens up that was just like underneath the surface in the subtext, you know, between the lines kind of thing, but also like how it's in our bodies too. And, you know, and, and, and in some sort of energetic field that we can tap into, you know, Jung probably would have called it like the collective subconscious and, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, different, different indigenous wisdom traditions from around the world might have their own like cosmology and their own term for that, but, you know, some sort of like massive energetic blueprint, you know, that it's it's like, it's, it's the primordial mother. Yeah. It's Pachamama. Yeah. You know, it's, it's Pachamama, mother earth. It's uh, in every culture they have this, you know, whether, you know, many indigenous cultures that believe that the world was formed on the back of a turtle, mm-hmm. you know, and the turtle representing sacred feminine, you know, I mean, but it all goes back to this. And, and what is, what's so important about that is that the sacred feminine energy is all about, it's all about love. It, mm. It's all about evolving as spiritual beings towards this understanding that we are all one there's enough for all of us and it's all we want is just to love and be loved and you know um and there's just so much stuff that's always bombarding us and and we just have to keep focused on that you know and I think that that's what this energy represents. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of energies out there because if not, we wouldn't be in such a mess, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is an energy that I think that in all these different traditions and all these different ways, human beings have been tapping into it from the very beginning, mm-hmm. whether it is lighting a fire Mm-hmm. you know whatever drumming. it is yeah <laughs> drumming and it's it's just like this powerful force that um is not a force that destroys mm. it's a force that creates mm. you know and that's that's why again we will go back to like the sacred feminine and where all the little um all the little figures that have been found you know to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm from the Venus of Willendorf and yeah all of those so we have like the drawings on the caves that kept track of you know the animals that were eating and and all that and then we go into worship you know so it's it's physical health and it's emotional health Mm. you know and it's knowing that there's this 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 huge energy out there that in the end people call different things Mm -hmm. and work with in different ways and um 
and, and it's powerful though, you know, mm-hmm. it's very powerful if, if, you know, and recognize that, you know, you know how to work with it. Yeah. And it is, there's something about it that comes through, you know, it's so funny. I remember I was in a meditation one time and I mean, before I even knew that, you know, yeah, many, many, at least indigenous peoples in, in North and South America, I think, I don't know about the rest of the world have that, that idea of like the earth being carried on the back of a turtle. Right. And kind of oh, that, yeah. like, yeah. I had this vision of that come through in a meditation one time, like long before mm-hmm. I knew that that was a thing. And then I started like looking it up online and it's like, Oh, this group believes that and this group, you know, and it's, or like what you were talking about with the angels. Like I remember at one point in, when I was deepening into my energetic training and, you know, and, and more of that shamanic world, I had this green light come into my room one night, like mm. right before I was about to fall asleep. And, and I was like, oh, like, you know, who, who are you? You know, right. he's like, oh, I'm Archangel Raphael. And I'm here to like work with you and through you. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, I didn't know anything about the archangels. And then I looked it up later and yes, he's accompanied by the color green and like he works mm-hmm. with healers and, you know, and all of that stuff. And I was telling the story to a friend of mine who's all, who was also in the same training, you know, a couple days later. And I just gotten to the point where I was like, oh yeah, I think Archangel Raphael came through the other night. And, and she was like, oh, he came to me too. It was like this green light came in my room and like, wow. you know, and it's those, it is, it's like that stuff that you're like, okay, we we can't, either we're all having this collective illusion, right? Or like there's something deeper that we're able to tap into. And it oh, like, yeah. it goes beyond words, but you know, I mean, there is, it's like, even as, even in moments where, whether through colonization or, you know, persecution or like whatever, all those different forces have been that have, you know, diaspora in different ways, right? Like whatever the different forces have been that have interrupted, um, like lore, lore lineages kind of, you know, mm-hmm. like those myths or the languages or the places, right? Because I feel like language, myth, and place all kind of tie tie together Mm -hmm. in really beautiful ways and so whatever the forces are that have like disrupted sort of those continuing the continuing of those chains and sometimes it's just evolution you know that that disrupts it but it's like somehow those pieces are still there and we can tap into them and that's Mm -hmm. like I and there aren't like even words for that but I don't know I guess what's if if he yeah. I mean, you shared a little bit about sort of how mother Mary started coming through and all the different ways that you felt like you were getting signs about her or like, but, you know, I think sometimes as people start to connect with that, it's so easy to sort of discount those things. If we, um, right. Don't have like support or other people in our lives being like, no, that's a sign. Like pay attention to that. Like, that's not just a coincidence or that, you know? And so I guess like, yeah, what's kind of, I guess I'm interested in teasing this thread out. I don't know that there's an exact question here, but yeah, kind of what has that been like for some you examples. sort of, yeah, yeah, following the signs yeah. or what are some examples or how, how to, how to 
I mean, you, you've always had art, so that might be some of where the symbolism and psychology, like, especially if you, I don't know if you did Jungian, although (laughs) I feel like art and Jungian often connect really well. So I have this guess that you probably did a lot of Jungian psychology. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so kind of that language of symbolism, like how do we start to trust that? Or how do we know, like for in your, at least for you, what's been your experience, like tapping into those consciousnesses or that wisdom or those voices or like, you know, how do you start to feel or know the difference between them or um, the truth of them? Or the... You know, that's really interesting. I, I haven't really, I haven't thought about it in the way that I'm thinking about this moment. Mm. because I was going to talk about the fact that I've always been very interested in surrealism Mm. but at the same time uh, I had this really deep interest in 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 symbology symbolism and uh, and the word that begins with an e uh can't remember but when when Sergio and I met in Mexico and he was a college professor, I was a college professor, we were both painters. And and one of the things that we both had an interest in was a uh, uh, prehistoric um, native indigenous type of art mm. and um, and symbolism, which is weird because at the same time, my main thing has always been the surrealist and what what do the surrealists do they basically are channeling mm-hmm. you know i mean the the surrealist what makes a surrealist a surrealist is that they just painted you know supposedly mm-hmm. without really thinking about what they were creating mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. when i was in college which is when i started you know painting in earnest uh, I was also writing actually after my my father died when I was 17 and that's when I started I wrote for like a year I couldn't paint and um, and all my my poetry was pretty surrealist you know and I loved reading surrealist poetry and like I got into surrealist cinema and so that was my thing surrealism and again to me to me the part of surrealism that I liked was like that like weird you know nonsensical Mm -hmm. nothing makes you Mm -hmm. know um I I later when I was doing my MFA I got into magic realism that then has Mm -hmm. symbolism Mm -hmm. right Mm-hmm. And I had to write a thesis and I had to defend my thesis, my thesis. And I used, for example, um, I had to defend that it it could be found in things other than just in literature. Mm-hmm. So I gave the example uh, rather than giving the example of my art, because that that was harder. Um, so I gave the example of film and the, the movie, if you've seen it, like Water for Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Right. Where she's making magic, you know, mm-hmm. with her food. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I forget the name of that movie that Tom Cruise was in where there's it rains frogs in the movie. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one. But I, I, think, I, don't, yeah. I don't like him as an actor, but uh-huh. there's only two movies I like him in. And it's this one, uh, which is a very uh, magic realist movie. Was it Magnolia? Is that No, that's different. No, yeah. But that has something... sort of a weirdly dark, fantastical kind of vibe to it. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, it could be Magnolia. I don't know. Might be, maybe where he's being like a, a preacher salesman or something. 
that's magic realism. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's symbolism. Yeah. Um, so, so when I started uh, working, you know, when I did Mother Mary, obviously I knew who she was. Then I painted Artemis and I did not know who she was. Now, at the time, I had been uh, working a lot with soul collage. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that? Vaguely, yeah. Okay, it's basically you make collages and you you can use them as an oracle deck, right? And I, I had been facilitating workshops for adults and I'd been working with children with that too to get them to express their feelings, you know? So that was the extent of my knowledge with like cards, mm. right? And um, and I and I heard about um, about goddess cards, and and I just you know I googled it and I saw that there was a goddess that had a deer, and I thought I had painted Mary with a deer, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. And then I found out she was Artemis. And so then, then I put the, the hunting thing on her after that, right? Gotcha. But at first she was, you know, she had the veil and she was all, she was like another Mother Mary. And so, so I found out she was Artemis and I was like, and I didn't know anything about goddesses, nothing. And so, um, <clears throat> so then I ordered a deck. I ordered a goddess deck. And so then the third goddess that I, that I started painting, um, you know, I would just start like everything, just paint an oval and without, I've never planned my paintings. See, that's like the surrealist thing. I've never done mm -hmm. sketches. It takes me a long time to do a painting because I never know what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And this is previous to, even to the goddesses, I would just paint, you know, so I've always painted intuitively mm -hmm. and uh, people would always tell me, you know, what do they mean? I don't know what does it mean to you, you know, mm -hmm. or some people would would tell me, oh, I see a lot of or orbs. What do they mean? And then I had orbs appear to me like angels also, uh, except these orbs were not angels because I've also had angels appear uh, as light. And uh, so, you know, all these different experiences and uh, and I got the so I got the deck. I would then I would start painting. And I would think to myself, like, mind you, I never had used a deck, but I would tell myself a number, right? And I would go one, two, three, four, five, and I would look at it seven, and I would be like, I'll be damned. It looks like exactly what I've been painting, you know? Wow. And I was like, I, you know, so, and Sergio didn't believe me, and I said, you pick a number. And so he did whatever, six, and you know, so from then on, like, that's how, that's how they started coming mm -hmm. through. I can't tell you like how many mm -hmm. came through that way, but a few, and then I didn't want to keep using that deck because I didn't want to keep doing all the ones that that person was doing, but it was clear to me that I needed to make a deck before I even knew, before I had even touched a deck, mm. you know, mm. and, uh, and so then they started coming through and, you know, in different ways. Um, let me see if I can, I, I was going to give you the example of the one that I'm working on now. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't usually give them away, but uh -huh. I guess I will. I guess I will. So, um, so I have a list, you know, of, of all the goddesses that want to come through. And some, sometimes that people tell me some resonate with me and they go on the list some don't 
Um, and then I always say just like six, six is my number, just like, you know, I don't want to be hearing from all these energies that want to come through, yeah. you know, so like six. And, um, and then I had two vying for to be first. And then somebody in one of my lives said, uh, said her name. <laughs> And I'm not going to say her name. Okay. okay I'm going to surprise fine. you all. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody in one of the lives said her name. Then that I got off that live. I went to Instagram and there was someone offering a class on that goddess. Then said he came in my room and he goes, hey, do you remember that, you know, that you were going to paint this goddess? You know, so within like, I don't know, four hours, I heard her name like too many times to you know yeah so sometimes they'll show up like that um another time I had somebody that um that wanted a custom painted you know um this was Kateri who's a saint mm -hmm. he's a Native mm -hmm. American saint in the first deck and I had a lot of trouble with that because she's a Catholic saint and she's Native mm. American mm. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. This is going to cause a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't do this. And I, I was like, I can't, you know, I'll paint it for her, but I'm not going to include her in the deck, you know? And, um, and, and said, he was like, you, you know, you, you need to include her. You've got Mary Magdalene. She's a saint. And I was like, but this is different. She's native American and that, you know, I don't know about that because we're working with colonization and, you know, and then um, I was, someone sent me uh, an old picture that I had taken, like within, within hours of having this conversation, someone sends me a picture, uh, I still get chills. Um, and it was me standing behind, beside what I always said was one of my favorite places and sculptures in the world which is in Santa Fe New Mexico that I love outside this little church there's a sculpture of Kateri mm -hmm. and I've always loved it and I had no idea that's who she was and there's a picture of me next to her and I've always felt like see I just have chills I've always loved her I was screaming oh my goddess I'm gonna paint her <laughs> you know and, and they were like all these they, but they were more than that you know it wasn't just one thing there was yeah. more to that you know yeah um my other more recent story would be for Persephone one it was for the second deck that um I started painting her in um it took me two years to paint her hmm. And I kept saying, okay, I'm going to bring her out in the spring because the meat, you know, that's the meter's daughter and she comes out in the spring. And so mm -hmm. we'll celebrate Persephone. And I just could not do it. You know, I kept painting. I mean, I was, I was actively layering tons and tons. I was painting her, mm -hmm. right? And she was there, but I, I always felt like I needed more and I needed more. And I was like, okay, I need to get her done before I go to Chile in March, didn't get her done, came back, a whole year went by. Wow. And I was standing there and I, I mean, it can drive me to tears sometimes, you know, and I'm like, I, what do you want? It, what do you need? <laughs> and she was like, just paint it black, paint it black, paint it black. And then that song comes on, mm. you know, which I love that song from like mm -hmm. the sixties, mm -hmm. paint mm -hmm. it black, 
Yeah. Oh, see, chills again. So she wanted to be the other. She want I didn't know because I still don't read a lot about. I I still don't do that. Like the, mm. I know I'm gonna paint a goddess. Now I know more about them, but I still don't research mm -hmm, mm -hmm. until after I'm done. I research them when I'm about when I'm about to present them to the public. Mm -hmm. So once they're all done, and I mm -hmm. love it because there's all this magic that mm -hmm. still happens, you know. Mm -hmm. like what happened with Asherah that moved me so much because she's mm -hmm. the latest one that's come out mm -hmm. so that's kind of new information for me mm -hmm. um you know I didn't know any of that and I had a, I have a staff you know I mean all mm -hmm. this magic so with Persephone um she she wanted to come out in it because her other name is uh Cora mm -hmm. her spring name is Cora mm -hmm. is not Persephone you know, she wanted to be Persephone, the queen in her rightful throne, because then I found out after I painted her that it is said that the reason that Hades, Hades needed her there is because she's really over him. Mm. And so he needs her because there's a there's a story that predates that. And it said that she was really the queen of Hades. And then you know, then she has to leave and then he has to bring her back so they can be together because then, because she was really over him. And, mm. Uh, mm. and so, you know, that's her really most powerful form, taking back her rightful place there and- The um, underworld. Yeah, in the underworld. So that whole painting um, just kind of came through without me understanding anything. And for example, what did I paint after knowing more about her was her dog, you know, mm. the three-headed dog, mm. but pretty, but pretty much everything. And if you look closely at that painting, there are light colors coming through that I left there. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the underpainting that was Cora, mm. you know, but she wanted to be Persephone. Mm. And as she started, once I realized, you know, and, and I covered it with, with uh, that, I paint in oil so I can do that layering. And, uh, and then, I mean, she was blonde before. She didn't want to be blonde, you know? She, she definitely wanted that dark, darker thing. So that's, that's how um, they come through a lot. And uh, another thing too is many of them have come through, or I would say all of them. Let me make sure that that's true. I think so, like all, yes, all of them have come through for me personally at a time where I have been working with that energy mm -hmm. or I have been in need of that energy. Mm -hmm. And that even happened to me with the only male saint that I've ever painted mm. that um, I didn't know what it meant. I, it was a saint that, uh, that someone commissioned. It was, he was, he hid from, um, from the inquisition behind mm -hmm. a web of spiders Mm. and so and that's that's all that I knew right and I painted that and the spider I wish I had a I don't think that I documented that painting mm. but um after I sent off that painting and I shared it must be somewhere because I shared it on social media that's when I look at the the significance and so the symbolism of that saint you know how they all have like saint anthony's for mm -hmm. lost things or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So this saint is for protection against calumny, against gossip about you. And I was mm. going through a horrible time of somebody spreading, well, my mother spreading rumors about me. Mm. And, and, uh, and it was horrible, horrible. And, and the whole time I was painting him was some of the toughest times going through that, mm. you know? Mm. And so the the energies that come through have been a blessing and you know very healing to me and um and i see that as charging the the painting too you know so it's being charged with that healing energy because i've been going you know it's like um it's like uh i feel it and i don't know in my mind's eye i see it sort of like a burning to uh to make it sacred yeah. you know like the mm. fact that I kind of go through something mm-hmm. like the phoenix type of thing you know mm-hmm. like I go through something when I'm working with it you know mm-hmm. um so so that's yeah that's another uh magical thing about it but I yeah all of them have come through with a story like that yeah mm. yeah it's, I love, um, I'm just feeling it as sort of some of the different threads there from what you shared. Um, so there's always, there's always so many you could follow, you know, <laughs> and it's like, okay, <laughs> where are we going at least in this moment? Right. And there's a piece that you sort of said at the beginning that was like, around the the divine feminine sort of being about creation not destruction you know and, oh, yeah. and it's so interesting because you know we also always have these these her in her destructive form or her warrior form or her like death bringing form or death honoring form or whatever right and so and some of what you know as you just spoke to kind of that like what you go through each time something comes through you and like you know I mean energetically yeah I mean I feel that I've done that before with like yeah sometimes it's consciousnesses sometimes it's landscapes right like I went somewhere one time and it was like one of the stillest deepest it just felt like deep silence you know in like a really beautiful way and I was sitting there having a picnic lunch and I was like, you know, I don't know that inside me, I ever feel this way. And like, mm-hmm. you know, and so I was like, okay, what would it feel like to like, let that silence into my body and like, to just let myself attune to that. And can my system, you know, if you think about it, like tuning forks, okay, that's vibrating at this space. Can I invite my system to come to match it, you know? And like, mm-hmm. what does that show me? Or what does that teach me? Or what is that like? um, allow me to like bring forth and through, you know, in different moments. And so, yeah, I'm hearing that some in what you're sharing about this process of kind of going through stuff, but then it also like, yeah, I was like that also reminded then of that idea that we, um, yeah, the, the, like 
you know, you're talking about the Phoenix, the fire, right? It's like the destruction that leads to more creation, not the destruction that's just for like destruction's sake, you know, but like the destruction that's part of the process of creation, you know? Glossolatal, which that's exactly what goddess glossolatal is about, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Uh, About, right, destroying in order to transform mm-hmm. you know for something to be totally transformed into something that's going to serve you and the whole for a higher purpose yeah mm-hmm. mm. it can feel so tricky sometimes I feel like being that hollow bone or that channel or that conduit right because it it feels like or I don't know if tricky is the right word but um I know for me, sometimes in my own life, it feels like there's just this, like, there's just constant waves of like being worked, you know, oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like, and now the next energy is coming through and okay, now I've got to like, learn to steward that one or like, mm-hmm. like let it, you know, and there is, there's something about like, I think that piece of, can we let ourselves rather than trying to mold the world or what comes to us into some idea. And I think this might tap connect back to sort of what you were saying about the surrealism, right. Of like, you know, they just channeled whatever it was without trying to like fit it into our ideas of what was proper or how the world works or like, right. And so it's like, yeah, I think there's a piece as we start to, you know, if, and when we feel called to like connect in a deeper way with the, with this wisdom that's still present in the cosmos in the earth where in the archetypes in the where you know wherever it's stored in our bodies and our dna right wherever it's stored that it's like i think a piece of becoming prepared to be the channel or to be the conduit or to be a vessel that can receive that wisdom and then interpret it in ways that are effective is like yeah we have to unlearn that piece about like molding the world to like fit into our preconceived notions and we Mm -hmm. have to like be willing to be shaped by the world you know in a lot of ways and yeah be shaped by our experience which is worldly and outer worldly right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that that's you know that's the problem with religion that you're put into a box of of an experience and there's so much more out there that we Mm. can learn so much from Right. Mm-hmm. And like I, one thing that you said about how there's so many things that are similar in different traditions. Right. And for example, um, when I was studying the shamanic traditions of the Andes, I was really floored by the fact that, you know, the Quero Indians, which is a, from the, the mountains of Peru, are the ones that um, that I mostly study under. And they had been they hadn't come down for the mountain until the eighties. Mm. And when they came down, they didn't even understand, you know, what it is to, for streets to have names. They thought mm. that meant that the streets talked and said, I'm so-and-so. Mm. So they had like no, no concept like that, but yet they had a concept of the chakras. Mm-hmm. They had a concept of, you know, how to play with energy using objects, which I love, you know, that's why we create like altar pieces because mm-hmm we are in a 3d reality, you know, in this meat suit, we are existing in this world where we touch things. And so these tools help us 
to work with this energy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's why I like uh, altar work and mm -hmm. offerings so much and, and the cards and working with them. You know, I mean, like I said, I didn't know what they were. And then when, once I started working with them um, and seeing how magical they were, and I'm impressed all the like every day I draw a card, I'm like, whoa, you know, mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. crazy, right? Yeah. And then, um, and then working with, uh, with, with tools, you know, doing the altars and, and actually, you know, being able to harness that energy yeah. that to me is so playful, like the universe is so playful, mm. you know, and, uh, and we can, and with like in, with the ghettos, you know, they use also um, something very similar to runes mm. as well, mm. you know, and, and there's a lot about creating your reality. And that's what it's called. It's, it's called creating your world. And they believe in like an, the underworld, our world, and an mm -hmm. overworld. Mm -hmm. And you heal yourself with charms. You know, that's why we make charms also. I need to talk about this more, um, you know, and, and teach it and everything. But the thing is that it's magical no matter, you know, how we choose to harness this energy. You mm -hmm. know, it's so powerful and it's so magical. It's there for us, you know, through meditation, through the cards, through you know, lighting a candle and some incense, you know, uh, ringing a little bell. They're just, if you know, doing all these different things with, uh, but you were talking about like that piece that I feel like it's, to me, it's so much about groundedness and knowing, knowing that all will be well and really focusing on as much as you can on whatever is positive in your life at that moment mm. which could be just the fact that you know I have comfy pillows right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. you know it could be something very small it could be like you know eating some ice cream best thing go for a walk mm -hmm. right being in nature but the more that you do that the more that you work with these energies in these magical ways, even when you don't really believe in it, it's mm -hmm. amazing how your world transforms, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's, that's one thing that I really want to share, like with people I had wanting to start like a women's circle in person. And I did in Chile for a little bit, then COVID happened. Mm. So now I'm trying to do one um, online for, but the main thing is that is for women, because mainly for women, to come together and uh, be able to um, support one another in creating this magic, mm. right? In creating our, our own reality, in reminding each other that all is well, mm. to focus as much as you can on, on the best thing that you can at that moment mm -hmm. and how that really changes the energy, you know? Mm. It really changes the energy. I've, I've seen it happen in my life. And the more that you use these tools, the more that you can hear that. And I remember that when I was in the church, the evangelical church, I was actually a youth pastor. Mm. And I would teach my, my teens. It wasn't just me. There were four of us. But we would teach them that, you know, in order to be more in touch with, with the Holy Spirit and to hear the, the guidance from the Holy Spirit, you know, you had to, you know, keep your light switch on, you know, you had to be matching that energy, 
right? Same thing, mm. you know, mm. it's the same thing for, for the different energies that we want to be able to, to be wanting to attract, be tuned in to a certain energy. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, that makes me think about, you know, different things where people will come to me for advice, uh, you know, when they're going through really tough times, you know, and it's okay, for example, to grieve for the loss of something. But at the same time, we need to allow ourselves time to come out of that grief mm -hmm. and breathe, you know, and, and then little by little, we can come out more and more and stay up there more and more. But if we keep thinking about it, focusing on it thinking that by doing that we're respecting it honoring it everything but we're mm -hmm. just kind of staying in that energy for too long yeah you know, we need to come up you know whatever it is loss of a job mm -hmm. loss of a loved one loss of a relationship you know because those are the things that we grieve over yeah. you know yeah um but yeah just like and it's it's a, it's a daily practice you know i have um I wrote a book for Blue Angel Publishing, a children's book, right? And they recently told me that they're not going to be able to publish it mm. after two years of, of work and all mm. that, you know, and I was bummed. And I that's something that I grieved, you know, and I allowed myself a little bit to be bummed. But then I was like, but wait, you know, I have options. Mm. I come up for air, you know, I have options. I can self-publish, whatever. Oh, but I'm bummed because that was two years, you know, now I'm behind on my second deck. What da 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 da. Mm -hmm, Whatever stories. Mm -hmm. You know, but the thing is that you don't want to stay there. I need it, you know. So I allowed it myself a little bit of the grief. And I'm like, I'm done. I've got I'm gonna focus on all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's like a really easy example, you know, comparing it to loss of of people in your life or jobs yeah. and stuff. But I'm just saying you know, it's, it's something that, uh, it takes practice and it's something that we can do. We can do. It seems, I remember, you know, years ago when, you know, people that were my elder, my elder women, you know, there's a group here in DC that used to get together where I met so many beautiful women walking the sacred feminine path. And I remember them telling me, just focus on the positive. And I'd be like, don't tell me yeah. that. It would piss me off so much, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. But it's it's years later. That was like six years ago, right? Mm -hmm. I was going through a really pay painful time with where my mom and my siblings stopped talking to me because I was painting the goddess and they were saying horrible things and I was losing a lot of people. And it was right when I found these women. Mm -hmm. But that was a gift from spirit, you know? Mm -hmm. That was a beautiful gift. I just, you know, and it, and I, I heard it and I kept it, you know, this, this thing that they were telling, even though it was pissing me off and I didn't yeah. quite understand it, you know, oh, I, I would be so angry, you know, uh, and I didn't understand it, but still it was in my knowing. And then I, I, I grew into it and now yeah. I plainly, and now I've seen it work in my life, you know, yeah. and I know it pisses some people off. So sorry if anybody's hearing this, and but <laughs> you'll get there. You just practice, even if you don't believe in it, you just practice it, you know, just, just think, okay, I'm going to whatever, this is bullshit, but I'm going to go and, you know, not think about this. I'm going to go and focus on something good. And you, and the more you do it and you realize that it just freaking works, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like I've gone through different cycles with that in my life, you know, in the sense of like, uh, you know, I think there's so much in our culture that's very bypassy and avoidant, Oh well, you yeah. know? And so I think part of people's initial prickly response sometimes to that, like, oh, just focus on the positive is that oh, right. well, it's I like, wouldn't, I wouldn't be no contact with my mom and siblings if I only focus on the positive. So <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You know, there's like, there's a time yes. and a place, right. For like honoring, oh, yeah. but yes. it is interesting because I do feel like it's a pendulum and I do feel like the pendulum has gone from sort of like this culture of sweep things under the rug. Don't talk about them. Keep the positive spin on everything. You know, the like Stepford wife, like face made up perfect mm -hmm. dress all the time, you know, kind of that, like that, like, it's all about the pictures. And I do think some of that's generational, you know, I know like my grandparents, oh, yeah. like there's a lot about how things looked and it mattered oh, more how yeah. things looked to other people than like how things actually were. <laughs> you know? And so I feel like we've had this pendulum swing to like, no, I want my anger to be honored and it's sacred. And no, I want my grief to be honored and it's sacred. And like, you know, all of these things. Right. And and I, and yeah, and it's interesting. And even within my own personal life, I felt that where like, I kind of went from this, like, everything's fine as like, internally, I'm like falling apart and completely fragmented, you know, like to then right. this like space of like, right. I'm going to build these altars to this and connect with this and honor this and like stand in my truth and allow myself to be messy and like, right. And then, and it, but it does, it feels like I'm swinging back now to kind of this place in my own life where, yeah, I reached a point where I'm like, okay, great. I've like, I've made this practice of being with my grief and being with my anger and being with my, this and being with my, that, but like, where's that actually getting me, you know? And it's like, right. we do have to be with those things. And, you know, and I know, um, I've heard Kimberly on Johnson, who does a lot of somatic work speak to this. And then, you know, there's some and, and so I'm sort of probably hybridizing a little bit, some of what she's spoken with, with some of how I conceive of it, like in myself or what I see with clients or how it kind of comes to me. But, um, yeah, this idea that it's like, um, ooh, it was like that thread came in and then went out. Let's see, let me see if it'll come back <laughs> of what the example was I was going to give. Um, yeah it's not coming back right now but if it, it'll come back but, but yeah you know but I, I think you're completely right and that's why I was saying that you know you have to allow yourself to go down there yeah but you have to come back for air right right you know and so what a lot of people do is that they're honoring it so much right that it's becomes you make a, a wallowing home. Yeah. Yeah. And it be, and it's that is not beneficial. Yeah. It's not beneficial. Yeah. So you allow yourself for that space, mm -hmm. you know, and you might come back to that space for your whole life, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. especially with like death of loved ones, mm -hmm. you know, we, yeah. we come back to that, you know, time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. But we can't stay there. Like I could start thinking about my dad you know, which I used to do and cry and, you know, and really get into that, you know, and I could get myself into that for days, mm -hmm. you know, but I learned, you know, I learned I can get into that and then I can, you know, I need to 
get myself out. You know, around yeah. around Dia de los Muertos every day. I mean, every day, every year. So yeah. I honor my dad, and um, because he loved Mexico so much, so I honor him for for that. And I'll put on rancheras. That's not Chilean at all, but it's what he loved, you know. And I will cry and everything. And and I used to allow myself like the whole day to be just in that. And and then I I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Mm. you know and so now okay I'll allow myself you know I do the altar I put on the music I do and then it's then that's done yeah then that's done because I don't need to be that's not doing anybody any good it's not doing my dad any good yeah I mean he's like you know doing his thing right, right? yeah and yeah. He's, he's, he wants me to be happy he doesn't want me to be there like you know still like right you know, right. crying about him. I mean, yeah, I've got to live my life and I, I'm and in living my life to the best of my ability at every moment is honoring him. Yeah. Even, you know, a hundred percent. So, you know, and just, yeah. and you just apply that to, to, you know, many, many things I had to learn to, to, to consciously turn that off. And, you know, I was, um, I was stuck in Chile during COVID. Mm for like almost two years mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I adopted my dog Basita at the time where you could well the first they closed everything you couldn't fly with dogs mm -hmm. at all but mm -hmm. she was you know supposed to be my emotional support dog mm -hmm. both my dogs you know were emotional support dogs they my one dog flew back and forth the other one uh, with you know a little thing from the doctor because I have anxiety and it was no problem all of a sudden they changed everything I could not leave the country emotional support dogs no longer can fly except underneath and I did not want to risk her uh, dying so I had to train her to be a service dog mm. and and you know to have a service dog you just need to teach them one thing one thing that they help you with and because I still have like the way that my trauma will show up is I can get down into like if something happens and I can, I can bring that sadness over like my mom, mm -hmm. you know, not talking to me or, you know, something. Usually it's that, you know, I mean, I'm no contact seven years, but still there's pain. Like I said, there's mm -hmm. some pains that come back or something that will happen that will hurt my feelings. And I start to cry a little bit you know, because I've already given it, you know, I've mm -hmm. already been given it cuerda in Spanish. I've been giving it, um, you know, like I've been winding it up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my heart and my thoughts. And I've been winding it, winding it, thinking in that hole, in that hole until I make some kind of noise, <clears throat> you know, like mm -hmm. I'm about to cry. And my dog, I trained her to come to me mm -hmm. when I cry. So she'll jump on me for a treat, you know? And so that that's you know I mean that's exactly what you need to do too to get your I mean and I can you know I, I'm getting myself yeah. down into that I'm like winding it up all this stuff already happened but yeah. I'm just in my feelings that's yeah. not what I'm doing right now it's not my reality right now so what can I focus on right now yeah you know and how can I bring ground grounding to that moment? How can I bring a little bit of joy? Wow, I have my dog. We made it back to the States. We didn't die from COVID, whatever, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 
uh, I have enough money to where I can buy them healthy treats. You know, I live in, you know, in a house that's in a nice, whatever it is that, you know, that I can get myself back to and out of, you know, whatever I was. So I think that, you know, that's, yeah, that's the thing too. That's so yeah. it's not about this toxic positivity or this uh, bypassing that is painting everything to be, oh, it's okay. Or like, right. if you're poor, you're like, I'm rich. I've got to confess I'm rich. Right. You know, like that's, I saw that happening in the evangelical church, mm. you know, this uh, confessing of the positive, same mm. thing, mm. you know, mm. people are like very sick and you can't say you're sick because it's bringing in the bad energy. Mm. Right. So that's, that's that toxic yeah. positivity and that's like that bypassing. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. everything exaggerated doesn't make any sense. It's not going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, yeah. So that was the piece that it's like, um, that I, I came back to me that thread, but yeah, the, the difference between venting and like actually unwinding something, mm. you know? And so it's like, if the water's boiling and you just like vent the lid, but you don't actually like change the temperature or like do anything to actually change the circumstances. Yeah. Okay. You vented something, but if you put the lid back on, it's just going to pretty quickly boil over again. Right. And so, so much of like when we share or when we cry or when we, whatever, it's like, it's okay to do those things. If we're doing those things from an unwinding place where we're Mm -hmm. actually somehow doing that in a way within a framework that's going to contextualize it in a way that allows it to actually unwind or release, right? The trauma, the pattern, the whatever we're like tapping into, as opposed to if we're just like lifting the lid to vent it, you know? And so it's like, and we can feel the difference in those. And I end up having to work with clients on that a lot. It's like, oh, you can feel, I'm like, nope, nope, you're venting. And they're like, oh, you're right. And it's like, okay. And it's a frequency difference. And a lot of it is like, are we holding what we're sharing in love? And this kind of brings us back to that frequency of that divine feminine and what you were talking about earlier. And, you know, I mean, I I think it's also divine masculine. I think it's both, you know, for me, it comes through very clearly as both, but that space of that like vast container that just holds us all you know and Mm -hmm. and it has love and if we're not tapped into that love or we're not feeling held by love in some way then no matter what we say it's just kind of activating a frequency that then just stays there you know as opposed to like if we somehow have a, and I think that's some of where, like when we had rituals around that more, when we had like communal rituals. And so that's where something like a day for honoring our ancestors. Right. And it's like, yeah, you have a day out of the year where you go and you honor them and you cry and you laugh and you like do your thing. And then that was the day for that. And now we move on, but there's like a container for that to happen, knowing that yes, yes, we're always going to feel grief. Grief is like a lifelong thing, you know, but it's like part of how we don't get bogged down in it is having spaces and times where we're allowed to feel it and be with it in a larger container of love, of comfort, of whatever. And then, okay, now we move on. Yeah. And and then what's so beautiful with something like Dia de los Muertos, it's a, it's a collective consciousness. 
Yeah. You know, so it's a beautiful, powerful container. Amplifies. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, and as you were speaking too, I mean, that was one of the things that was kind of coming through for me was it was like, you know, all these different faces of the sacred mothers and goddesses, right? And they're all just slightly different flavors of like this one vast, unnameable soup or whatever we want to call it, right? Mm -hmm. There's this like vast, unnameable, pretty much almost unconceivable thing. And so it's like, there's all these different faces, you know, and that's sort of, I think some of the the belief of polytheism, right? Is like part of that is not that there's like a bajillion gods just for the sake of having a bajillion gods, but that each of those gods represents like an aspect or a flavor of personality of like this vast, you know, wholeness. And so, mm -hmm. you know, and, and some of what you were, I don't know, for some reason, I'm like, my brain was drawing a little bit of a connection between like that. And then you know, this cosmology of like the different worlds, right? Underworld, middle world, upper oh, world yeah. that like a lot of places share some concept of that. Again, there's some mm -hmm. differences, right? And so it's the same with like our emotional journeys, right? Or our trauma journeys or our, you know, whatever our wound journey, whatever we want to call it, like these spaces where it's like, yeah, I have this moment where anger comes up and like, there's a face for that and it's allowed to be there. And it's not this like all one all encompassing thing. And so I think that's also part of that container, right? Is like rage comes up and she's just one face and grief comes up and that's just one face. And now right. I'm going down into the depths and I'm going to be there maybe for a little bit. You know, I'm feel like I'm just now coming out of probably a four or five year kind of like underworld journey in a lot of mm. ways. And like, it's gone on for quite a while. And I was sort of surprised at how long it's been there. And I've still been functioning. I've still been fine. And all of that's been going on in the background, but it hasn't been all consuming. And so it has been, it's like, yes, the overall arc of my journey has been down into the underworld, but it's like, I've still had these ways of connecting to the upper world, the middle world that, you know, and so it's like, yeah, you feel like you can move between these realms, you know? And so that's some of where I think that cosmology and, and, oh, right. you know, and when we were more connected with those cosmologies mm -hmm. and with these sort of animistic land-based polytheistic ancestral myths, you know, like, or mm -hmm. mythical ancestor, you know, however, all these different ways that we connected with these different aspects of what it is to be human, of what it is to be souls, of what it is to be, to be, you know, and it's like all of that in some ways elders us, I feel like, or teaches us or offers us the potential to have this wider understanding of what it is to like, not make a home in any one place or like any one emotion or any one. Right. Yes. You know, I agree. I mean, I see when I first started painting the goddesses, and like I said, I didn't understand anything. And I found out that they were people that worshiped the goddess, which I didn't know. And they mm -hmm. were, you know, and I wasn't really sure. It didn't really quite resonate with me. But then I was like, but I'm painting these, like it should resonate with me, you know, but then I began to understand that, that these these are different energies, you know, I also didn't understand, like, for why for me, like, they came through 
in a different way and I would look at it maybe another goddess deck which I made a point not to buy any except for the one but I did look online you know once I would when I would be searching for a goddess or something I would find and I'd be like oh that's totally different than how how she came through for me mm. you know and so but the like I said every experience was has been everyone has been so you just saw me cry over mm-hmm. over her you know and and that, like discovering all that it's it has just been so incredible. So I know that there, you know, these energies are so real, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think that they just come through and however it is that we, per, you know, some people really relate to angels, you know, right. and they're, that's, uh, I mean, I do too, but you know, that I have had the goddesses that, that chose to come through me. So, but the energies are not like I was working with angels before. And I can say that, you know, the energies, they're different, but yet it's the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just something undescribable, powerful, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere around us and within us, um, magical, you know, so, yeah. so yeah, they're, they're, they're different, uh, energies that come through them. I mean, through, yeah, through the through the cards, through the paintings. Yeah. And uh, it just, it's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this feels like a beautiful place to start to wrap for today. Does that oh, feel true for yes. you? I mean, I feel like yes. we could keep talking, but yes. for today at least. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So I love it. I loved our, our talk. Yeah, it me too. Made me yeah. think about a lot of things and, uh, me as well. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Me as well. Yeah. Same. Thank you. So yeah, I'd love to give you a chance um, to share, you know, and I'll have this stuff in the show notes, but you know, where, where people can find you, where they connect, connect with you, how they can connect with the Oracle deck or the other different beautiful arts and ritual tools that you have available. And, um, and then sure. also if there's any last piece that you feel like called to kind of share or you know that that you want to sort of close us with you're welcome to to speak that too (laughs) well thank you I think that um you know the the main thing really is what we've been talking about which to me has been you know I I studied psychology I was a mental health counselor I went through a lot of difficult times trying to get therapy for you know the things that I was going through with with my family and uh and it was it was really it was really difficult and uh and i found so much so much help and healing through the things that we were just talking about you know mm-hmm. through practicing these things that we were talking about you know not staying you know not swinging from one to the other you know uh and not staying in that but just knowing that you know that all all will be well, you Mm. know, that things, even if they are in a tough place, right. And if you're in a tough place right now that, you know, things will get better and uh, without the bypassing, but just knowing that we have the power at least over our thoughts, you know, Mm. and one thing that I tell people, you know, don't focus on the past, you know, focus on the now. And the other huge thing is that don't let other people steal your peace, Mm. you know, it's not about us changing other people. It's about us changing ourselves. 
And a huge thing, and I know it's been a huge thing for me to work with is, you know, to learn not to let other people steal my peace, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So you don't, don't allow myself to, to get into things, into thought patterns that, you know, are, I have nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm. that, that would be, we can grow so much with, you know, it's again, it sounds easy. The more you practice, the mm-hmm. easier it gets to mm-hmm. do that. But it's been, you know, huge help for me over any, any therapy, anything. It's been, you know, that to remember that we can get ourselves out of a thought pattern, you know, and we can have power, you know, over, not over, just over our thoughts. Don't allow other people to have power. If we're already giving them so much power by making them upset, and then, then we're going to keep on being upset. We're giving them so much power. At least get over being upset, you yeah. know. At least do that for you, you know. Yeah. And it, it helps a lot. So mm. that that would be my last. Yeah. Very very practical advice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And then, uh, as far as where you can uh, get the the oracle deck, it is on our website, olivosartstudio.com. And I'll show you, this is our latest, latest sculpture. Mm. It has not, she's not yet come out. This is Hecate. Mm. She is a triple goddess. So she has three, three, three heads. She is made of resin with wow. organite. And then books. I have, I am now uh, making journals for download. So Beautiful. these, these are, you know, with all the goddesses, you can print them yourselves. And so they're really affordable. And I created a self-love journal, like a really thick one. And this one also is available for download with um, different things for crystals and spells. And on the back, it has these that you can cut out and use them as you pull your cards, print them out of stickers. And I'll be creating all kinds of other things. Um, and then the other thing, my espiritus, mm. that I will be making these into a mini oracle deck. I don't know when. I will be self-publishing these probably. Um, but I want these to work with the goddess cards. Yeah, I'm not sure how. I trust spirit will show me how. But uh, yeah, these started coming through, these very very different than the yeah they're so whimsical like I yeah. and kind of like an ethereal very otherworldly like right yeah. slightly dark but also like beautiful beautif- yeah they are slightly dark and uh and I but I and I want them to print them like this tiny so you can pull them with uh you know with a goddess card mm. and get some more messages out of it so you know lots of things in the works and uh more things to come amazing hopefully can you hear me okay yeah yes all right beautiful yeah, yeah. i accidentally leaned on my microphone cord and unplugged oh, it. Okay. So i'm like plugging all the things back in oh, i didn't see i was like pulling my stuff i out. know i was totally into it too yeah they're amazing yeah and like i said you've had so many 
amazing goddesses come through uh, in the last like couple years, I feel like. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited for the second deck, which. I'm Me so too. I have a lot of work left, but uh, yeah, I have, I'm, I'm hoping to, to have another one come out uh, next month. I'm going to be finishing, hopefully finish her this weekend. Mm -hmm. the, the, to... the nameless one that you were hinting at earlier. Oh no, I haven't started <laughs> oh. that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't started that one that I will yeah. start her hopefully next week. Hopefully I start Monday. So okay. I have one to finish now and then I'll start that one Monday. But yeah, I mean, I think I have, I have a lot of work I, because they are oil paints because mm. I paint slow because mm -hmm. I don't sketch anything, you know, I have no idea. I just go for it. The one mm. that I'm finishing now, I've been working on that three years. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't know who it was. And um and then I then I found out who it was. And um I'm really excited about about this painting. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so yeah, get yeah. on Claudia's email list because then you get notified every time a new one comes oh, out. Yes. Or follow on yeah. social media. Yeah. 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 Please so yeah. My TikTok can... was uh was Band because I showed a a doodle uh, uh, that was you know was that one of my full moon goddess ritual doodles and so she she was topless oh and they banned me one of my doodles I mean you know my doodles are so they're like doodles you know yeah they're art doodles not, well yeah, yeah. And they're like oh it's this one I know YouTube YouTube won't won't if you're gonna have this but this one. You know, I've I've had her on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I've had her everywhere, but TikTok was like, no. So interesting. So, but I do have a new account there. Um and I'm hoping to to go live there, you know, to be able to go live there again. I yeah. do enjoy conversations like this too. Are you on TikTok? I'm not on TikTok. Uh I've I've thought about it, but I just it's like too much social media. <laughs> I yeah. can't, I can't manage all the different avenues and like, it's true. It's true. But I really uh, love TikTok because TikTok is all about these type of yeah. conversations. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, that, that is one thing that I, that I like about it. Yeah. I'll have to feel into that. I feel like I'm in a phase where I'm sort of reevaluating my relationship with a lot of that stuff. I mean, I feel there, I feel like I go through those cycles all the time. You oh know? yeah. I but know. Like, Me too. You know, if I didn't have a business left to my own devices, I probably wouldn't really be on social media. Like my instinct you know. is not to share, like that's just not. You know. And so then I'm sort of like, what am I doing here? And like, I yeah, know. so anyway, it's a whole, it's I a know. whole thing. <laughs> same, same here. I'm lucky that I could just, you know, share my art though, yeah. you yeah. know, but I, cause I feel the same. I feel the same. I love it, but yet, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love connecting with people and I love right. conversations. And that's part of why I started the podcast is because I right. was like, you know, I do love that stuff. So it's not like I don't, it's just that there's something about the format of social media that just yes. like is not, it's all sound bitey, which is like, not really me. And it's like, all, it's just, there's something about that format that just is like, I, I don't feel like I fit into it easily or well. And yes. like, I feel like I could stretch myself and grow a little in that direction, you know, I, but it's also like, okay, but is that really where and how I want to spend my time and energy is like growing into this, you know, so anyway, it's a whole, it's a yes, whole bigger conversation. It's a whole thing. It's a <laughs> yeah. whole thing. 
<laughs> I just asked, I asked my pendulum. I was like, okay. I asked my pendulum and I, and I listened because I yeah. really didn't know what to do. So I, I did want to give up after being banned, but my pendulum said, keep it. So. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so good I'm pendulum. On, I'm on, all the, the different, <laughs> on all that different. So on, on Mondays yeah. on YouTube at 8 PM ET, Mm. And we do card draws. And I actually even have a weekly Oracle deck workbook mm. that um, has so that everybody that shows up on Monday, we can work with the goddesses together. So I always pull like one goddess for the collective. Then I do a pick a card and then I do a personal pull. So you could do all three. And uh, and then there's like, you know, but so this this little group we do on Mondays on YouTube, if anybody wants to join us. Awesome. And then yeah. I'm on Instagram and tick I'm on Instagram Thursdays at 8 p.m. from the studio. So that's usually like a shopping day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All yeah. Right. So I'll make sure I have all those links and everything from you and okay. your handles thank on all those you. places so people can find you and join you. Oh, and thank you. For those things. And yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, this has you. been absolutely lovely. So yeah, wonderful. It sure has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, good. Well, I'll invite everybody listening to just kind of take a few deep breaths in and out as we close out our fire today. And, you know, it's, yeah, we, we don't always transition so well. It's like we hop from thing to thing to thing to thing. So, yeah. So that's also the beauty of ritual, right? Is it helps remind us like, oh, right. Opening things, mm -hmm. closing things. Yes. So, yeah. So here we are starting to close and to wrap. And so, yeah, so perhaps you just acknowledge something that sort of stood out for you from this conversation or something that you're noticing in your body or in your environment or in your breath. And perhaps you focus on one beautiful thing. <laughs> I got stirred up for you from this conversation because maybe there were some things that, uh, you know, it's like sometimes the things that happen to us, like the quote unquote negative things can get like coupled with a, an experience or an idea or a thought. And so it's like, we can have a conversation that overall is beautiful, but it like tugs on the string and pulls this other thing to the surface. And so, yeah. So if there was anything that in this conversation that you were reminded of that feels like it's hmm, bubbling beneath the surface just honor that and then find something beautiful or at least neutral maybe you even imagine holding one in each hand so that both can be true at the same time Maybe when you feel yourself for a moment at the fire, with me, with Claudia, with all the other folks listening, even if you don't know who they are, here we all are. Holding our beauty and our challenges together.
And so with that, we say thank you and we close out our fire for this time. And we know we can come back to it again next time. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you everyone for, for joining us. <laughs> Hi, Kate here again. Thank you for gathering with us. Whether you've been here a while or found your way here thanks to today's guest, it means so much to me and the world I dream of to have you here. I hope you'll tune in for more of our conversations. We humans seem to be at a profound threshold and facing questions of deep impact for the future and the world. We need our full hearts and humanity as we sow seeds of change in these times of joy and heartbreak. I count myself lucky to be here now, around this virtual village fire, weaving our stories into a medicine with humans like you. As a community medicine space, this podcast is relational. It weaves webs of connection and mutual respect and care across time and space. If you appreciate and support the future we're seeding here, you can support the weaving of this web in a few ways. One, share episodes with friends and family or online with your community. It also helps the podcast immensely if you like, rate, subscribe to, or follow the podcast where you watch or listen, so you get notified when new episodes drop and new listeners find us as they search. Two, join us on Patreon. Doing so supports conversations like the one you just heard and allows you access to live community gatherings and medicine circles and more as we continue to grow. It also helps me keep the space advertisement-free so the conversations stay intact as they are. If you have questions, suggestions, connections, or would like to find out more about working with me, you can find me online at www.wildsacredjourney.com, on Instagram at wildsacredjourney underscore KP, or email me, kate at wildsacredjourney.com. Until next time, from my heart to yours, I release today's fire with a prayer for our individual and collective wholeness, connection, and joy. May it be so.